0: what's happening everybody welcome back to another episode of the monkey mind podcast this is episode four featuring alex kyle former michigan wolverine and current professional hockey player for the main mariners in the echl
1: podcast brought to you by ppw um group people wrong whether you're an underdog trying to get to the next level battling mental health issues and trying to lose 10 pounds ppw has the apparel to support you in uh in pursuit of your dreams, PPW believes in believes in you, and no one else does. And PPW is giving everybody at Monkey Mind a little discount code on their pre-order. Uh, you get ten percent ten percent off your pre-order today with the promo code Monkey Mind. That's one word, Monkey Mind. Just go to their website at ProvePeopleWrong.com, and that's the promo code Monkey Mind at Prove People. Group uh, yeah, let's get after it. Um, So, AK, basically, um, our point and purpose with this podcast is to basically just give people an open forum and um, the chance to kind of discuss, you know, what they've struggled with in the past, whether it be anxiety, depression, um, addiction, whatever it is, and uh, just to let them know that they're not alone and that, um, it's okay not to be okay. And we just want to let people be vulnerable and kind of talk about just whatever it may be. And, um, so basically, um, is there something, um, or just give us a little introduction on uh, who you are, um, where you've played and, um, just something that you've kind of struggled with in the past?
2: Yeah. Um, my name's Alex Kyle. Uh, I grew up in the suburb outside of Detroit. Uh, played my youth hockey for Honey Baked. Um, then I played my junior junior career in Green Bay for two years. Then college, four years at the University of Michigan. And then I played my first year pro with uh, Anthony in Cincinnati. And I just got done with my third year pro now. Uh, the past season was uh, in Maine. But, uh, yeah, like growing up, I've never really had any types of depression or anxiety. Um, I just thought like I had a normal childhood. I and honestly, growing up, like I didn't, it's not that I didn't know about it, it's like almost at the same time, I was I didn't really know what it was, but I did know at the same time, and I didn't give it respect until it happened to me. Um, I actually didn't give it much respect at all. Um, and then like I said, like I didn't have anxiety growing up and whenever you have like a bad game or whatever, bad couple of weeks or whatever, um, obviously you feel low and that was always normal, you just bounce back from it. But it was literally a year ago today, like it was weird that you <laughs> called me to do this. But I was I was out to dinner with my girlfriend and i i was drinking the night before and i've always like felt pretty bad after drinking but this was it's like usually, usually what happens <laughs> <laughs> no it was like it was like really extreme so i went out to dinner with my girlfriend and i was like in the worst mood ever and she was like talking and i just like i, I felt like i was in like a dream almost and like i was just having like these random like intrusive thoughts and for the first time in my life i was like i think i'm depressed and that was the first time that's ever crossed my mind and that like thought scared the shit out of me and like ever since that day it was like just the biggest like the floodgates open and like i was having um just problems every single day for almost a year
0: (laughs) Jeez, yeah that's uh what so what do you think um what were kind of the thoughts that were entering into your head or some of the triggers you think that were, um, you know, causing this? Yeah.
2: um, I I think the initial thing that I, I, like I said, I was just like in such a bad mood and I've been with my girlfriend for, it's almost nine years now. And I just was having like such negative thoughts about our our relationship at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, like this trapped feeling. And I was just like, I almost felt like trapped in like the relationship, and I felt like I had to marry. Like it sounds weird now, but like I felt like in my mind I had to marry her after nine years. I couldn't just like break up with her, you know. And like I just felt so. It 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 sounds funny, but like it was so intense, and I I felt like trapped. And then like ever since then, like my self image was as brutal. Um, It affected my hockey for sure, and like that whole summer leading up to playing. I was like scared for the season. Like I didn't want the season to start because I felt so bad, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty intense. So uh,
1: you're saying that um, you know it just kind of all happened at once, and like you said, the floodgates opened. Oh yeah. Would you feel that you know sometimes there was nothing even you know nothing was wrong or you know it was just kind of you know like you're sitting out back on the porch and all of a sudden you just kind of got hit by that wave would you say that all that happened at once and kind of got you stuck or like just tell me kind of like touch on your initial let's say month or so with it or how it kind of just consistently stuck with you and whatnot
2: Yeah, so like like I said, when I was out out to dinner, I had that initial thought, like, I think I'm depressed, and that thought alone, like, scared, like, the shit out of me. I was, like, sick in my stomach. We, like, ordered food, and I I had, like, a panic attack from that thought because it it felt so real, so I'm, like, all right, we got to go home, and, like, ever since then, like, it, it started, like, with a depression thought and, like, feeling trapped in a relationship, but, like, it it turned in like every aspect of my life. I was questioning like every single, like literally every single thought I had, I was like playing ping pong in my head with like negative, positive, trying to like talk myself out of it. Yeah. But like, it just, it just made it worse. And it, it got to the point where like I was overthinking every single thought and every single thought turned negative, And my whole future just at the time felt like it was it's like spiraling downwards. And I just like, my self image was brutal. Are you I afraid to talk it, to your girlfriend about it? Um, I was afraid. Or anyone to, for that matter. I was afraid to tell her that I thought I was depressed, but I told her I was having like a panic attack at the time. Like I've, like I said, I, I never really had respect for, like anxiety, or depression, growing up, and then it was almost like I was scared to tell people that I was like I didn't know I was depressed or not, but I was just I didn't want to tell anybody. I, I was perfectly fine with telling people yeah the anxiety i just felt like there's they're just two different things and one was better than the other to have
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i know exactly the feelings that you're talking about and um, i'm curious talk about some of the ways that that um those thoughts ended up physically affecting you and how that affected your hockey um oh yeah overall um
2: so like this it's been going on i'm like i'm pretty good right now to be honest but um i've done so much research and youtube videos and tutorials like everything you can think of i like read so much about it but one thing i did notice on my own was like any negative thought you have um if you if you like believe that initial thought like you just go down this hole and you spiral and you just feed off like this narrative of that one thought and that thought might not necessarily be true all the time but sometimes when you're in that bad mood or whatever like you start to just spiral down and going going to the season like I was like I was sick in my stomach like two weeks leading up to the season like I didn't eat I was like losing weight and I ended up playing my first two games and then my third game I was like my anxiety was so bad I Thought I was in a dream, like I was convinced I was in a dream, and like reality wasn't real. Yeah. And I remember, I remember after that game, I literally like sat in the locker room and started crying because I just was so scared. And after that game, I literally went straight into my coach's office, and my GM was there at the time. It's Danny Briere, and I was like literally crying. I'm like, I cannot play hockey right now. I don't know what's going on with me. Um, I need to figure this out because I was like, because I wasn't playing good either. Those three games, I was brutal, and I didn't want. Cause like it was a big year for me and I didn't want to just have a shit season and blame it on something. So I, I took like three, four weeks off from hockey. I didn't even practice. I saw a, I saw like our team doctor and she kind of directed me towards this psychiatrist. So I met with him, kind of talked about what was going on. And then he set me up with like a, a, a CBT therapist. Um, so I saw her like two times, and then like after like the four weeks, I wasn't like, I still wasn't great, but I just I didn't want to let this thing control me, and I went back after four weeks.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, go ahead, Danny.
0: No, no, go for
1: it. it it's just <clears throat> like uh, obviously this is new for Danny and I, but we were talking. on a past episode and i mean we we are doing it because like we want to give people that option to talk about it and realize that you're not you're not soft and like whatnot but just hearing like so many different like i mean we've only this is so new to us that like I can't even imagine some stories people have, but like just listening, it's like so crazy how like it makes you feel so much closer to someone and like you like like when you're talking and saying what you're saying, you're, like holy shit, like I know exactly how he feels and like yeah, you feel like it fires me up just talking about because like what you said about not respecting it and then it happening to you and like. I think about how people feel so alone and just like yeah. not being able to talk to anyone or like you're in the locker and crying and you don't want to look like a pussy but you have no control. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just wild to think about because you like we need to create awareness in every aspect, like to let people know that it's a serious fucking matter. Yeah. And as simple as it sounds, like it's fucking paralyzing when it's happening to you and you don't know yeah. what to do or, and yeah, you don't even know how to explain it to someone. And, oh yeah. Yes. I mean, seeking out help is the best thing you can do. So like hearing you say that you, recognize it and took the time, like Danny and I have both done it. And I mean, I think it's great that you kind of took a stand and you saying you can't, and you're not going to let it control you is a fucking sick line. And I, I just love that. So,
2: yeah. And like, you always hear about guys like being afraid to come out. Like that wasn't really the case for me. Cause I was like in the mindset where I really didn't care. Like that's, this is what's happening. And if you have a problem with it, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I told, I literally told the guys after that game, like, what was going on. So, like, that was never, like, weighing in on me. Like, I need to tell somebody. Like, I just did it and kind of moved on. And the thing that, like, my mindset at the time was I thought it was just, like, I thought it was just going to be a quick fix. And I was, like, in the mindset of, like, this is just, like, a bad couple months. Like, you'll be fine next week. Like, I always, like, I was never in the mindset of this is okay. Like, I just felt like I'm going to beat it, like, as soon as possible. But, like, you start getting down when you're, like, nine months into it and you're still not better. Like, that's when you kind of get down because it's just, like, not getting better and you're doing basically everything you can. So, it's, like, that's – those are the worst days. of, like, when you're so far away from, like, when it first happened and it's still going on.
0: Yeah, so flow made a good point, too, is, um, you know, being able to open up um, and, you know, not sound like a crazy person. Uh, that was something that I struggled with was when I was having these thoughts, these negative thoughts, I was pretty scared for a bit to mention the things that I was meant that I was, you know, you know, experiencing, thinking all that sort of stuff and feeling. And you said, like, the whole dream aspect. Like, am I in a dream? Like, what's this? But did you ever feel like you were scared for a bit? I mean, I know you mentioned that you didn't give a shit. You just said what was on your mind. But was there ever a a point of hesitation where you were, they're going to think I'm fucking insane, like, for having some of the thoughts that I have or feeling some of the ways that I feel? Like, did you ever have that sort of hesitation before you, you know, spoke up or was it just you had the breaking point and that was it? You just opened up?
2: No, like – That's a good question. Like when I when I told people what was going on, the only person I really told everything was the psychiatrist. Like the team and the GM and my coaches don't need to know like what thoughts I'm having. Like I never made it a point to like tell these guys like these thoughts are making me feel this way. I just kind of said like I'm dealing with anxiety, like really bad anxiety. Um, That's kind of like turning into paranoia and panic attacks. And it might be some minor depression as well. And I I just never really told anybody. Like, still, my parents don't know everything. My girlfriend doesn't know everything. Like, I just told everything to my therapist and the psychiatrist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: that's (laughs) –
1: I mean, that's – it's just different for everyone. So, like, finding different ways to, like – like I talked about my struggle with a couple of things, and Danny did the same, and like everyone kind of has a different way of like handling it, yeah and part of like part of us doing this is even if someone doesn't come on and talk about it and they hear it, and they may not <clears throat> um want to do something like I don't know to their parents or their girlfriend and have them tell someone but they like the idea of just telling a doctor and then having a psychiatrist so like having different options so it's it's cool to hear about like how you did it and like kind of your like your journey through it and yeah um if if you could kind of elaborate on different ways that you could have handled it or um something that you could have done differently or just like um going off of you know trying to help other people recognize that it's okay to you know talk to somebody and tell somebody and get the help they need
2: yeah um that's another good question i feel like if this if i were to do it again we had uh so i the past two summers I lived in Ann Arbor where the University of Michigan is and we had every week when I was at school we had a sports psychologist come in and like you'd always say like hey this is like a life like a lifelong connection you have after hockey whatever reach out and I felt like I could have tackled it a little bit earlier because it had my first like panic attack basically happened in June and the season didn't start till October so that's when I first saw somebody so maybe if I saw someone a little earlier I would have kind of tackled it and then another thing that i wouldn't recommend is like going on google and kind of um searching thoughts that you're having or symptoms because like when you're on google you can convince yourself that you have anything honestly if you're if you're in like that panic state and you're not in like a good mood you can convince yourself of almost anything yeah uh diddy
1: you mentioned uh kind of the focus of sports psychologists um in our last episode with Vince, um, can you just kind of touch on that and your, um, opinion, just like where you, like your take on it is as well, just for people that kind of make questions or just like not really take that as seriously.
0: You want Alex to do that, right? No, no. Oh, me. I wanted, to, yeah, yeah. To explain it to oh, Alex. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Mouth hat. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we, uh, I don't know. I I think uh, sports psychology is something that's super important. Um, We had one at the university of Maine and um, you know, there were times where I was just kind of going in there to speak to him about regular life stuff. And essentially what we talked about with our last guest Vince was how um, you know, he's a coach now ex player and now he's a coach. So we're talking about how that there's a gap between um, players and coaches and it's, you know, some players don't have a good relationship with their coach at all. Some, some better than others. But um, I just kind of talked to him about how he felt about bridging that gap between players and coaches with a sports psychologist on a team. And I was wondering yeah. kind of what your thoughts were on that, um, about teams being required to have a sports psychologist to kind of be that middleman to talk to about, you know, certain issues, whether it be life or hockey. Because I'm mean, yeah not everyone feels comfortable like you went into the coaches and general manager's office and just straight up said what what you feel but there's a lot of players out there who have struggled and probably are currently struggling um and will continue to struggle who maybe don't feel as comfortable as you to just go straight up and say listen I'm feeling this way this is bothering me etc etc I need to take this this step so what are your thoughts on sports psychology um in we'll talk about hockey you know like how do you feel it it could play a, a positive role
2: yeah. Um just this is like just my opinion. Um just at, at school, like when you go to a big school like Michigan, you're getting you're getting a lot of good recruits and when you get a lot of good recruits, some good players are on like third and fourth lines. And like from everything I've read and from my experience as well, like you do, you start getting anxiety and depression when like your ego takes a hit somehow or some way. And I feel like especially for guys that are not playing a lot or that has a terrible relationship with their coach and they feel trapped in a school where like college, you can't get traded. And then like transferring such a hit or miss thing. I feel like I like I've had experience with my friends at Michigan who were like the man growing up. And then, then they come to Michigan, they're third and fourth liners. They hate hockey for the first time Um, for the first time in their life. Making the NHL is not a realistic goal anymore. So then they have to figure out what I'm going to do in two years when I graduate. So I feel like, especially for guys who like don't have like a significant role and professional hockey's not on the table after college, um, that can definitely help. And you kind of see like a new school of coaching where coaches do have better relationships with players because you know younger players growing up now they're they're just built different than you know 70s, 80s, 90s where it's kind of like the old-school mentality. Just you got to figure it out on yourself. But, yeah, I mean, sports psychology, especially for guys that are struggling, um, could definitely definitely help. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. What were – so what were some of the ways that um, – Whether was there a point when you were trying to deal with some of the things that you might have coped with your anxiety in some ways that you, you know, weren't? you know, entirely proud of or, um, mm-hmm. you know, just because, I mean, I think it's easy to fall into that trap. Um, I know there were times where I, I did, I'll, I'll admit that. And um, yep. it just makes things 10 times worse. Um, did you ever feel like you went kind of down that a path that you weren't entirely, um, you know, proud of?
2: Mm, yeah, that's another good question. Um, from me and my experience, I know that um, – I could have turned to alcohol or other drugs and I didn't do that. Like I was still in like my paranoia and like nervous stage where like I was scared to even like touch booze. And from that, my first like panic attack in June, I didn't drink till January. Maybe I took like six, seven months off. So I didn't touch it. I was like almost scared of it and I'm glad I didn't. And yeah, that that was about it. I think I handled it pretty well and that's i know awesome. that other guys struggle with like alcohol and other substances but yeah i didn't i didn't touch that stuff that's awesome to hear man
1: that's, <clears> that's yeah really good um going off of that so you said um you know 7 8 months without um drinking and whatnot kind of got a hold of the situation um started to adjust and whatnot and obviously as we all know, it's kind of a constant battle. Even when you're feeling good, like, you're always kind of um, considerate of, you know, you've been through things. But now if you, like, do you think alcohol, like, if you go out with your buddies and have a couple beers, does it ever trigger you to think about that that dinner date with your girlfriend when it happened? Because you said you were drinking the night before, but, like, Hmm. It's just like kind of one of those things that would like trigger you. It's like it's it's like PTSD, pretty much. I'm not gonna cons- like mention that or like consider it that, but like that's the concept that I'm trying to
2: like. Yeah. Yeah. So. And another thing was like I was on, I was on like antidepressant pills when I first, like, saw the. Uh, my therapist and psychiatrist so it was like highly recommended that you don't drink and then and then after a while it was just like all right one or two beers is not gonna kill me so then like i went to like one or two beers in like january and honestly man like since since i started drinking in january i haven't like been too drunk to the point where like my next day is brutal i'm trying to like stay away from that because even like before all this happened like they were they're really bad, man. Like, I feel like it was worse than others. Um, but not really. I I try to watch, like, I don't want to get to that point where I'm just like back to where I was. And I feel like yeah. drinking, drinking, and like what comes with that can definitely, you know, kickstart that up again.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
0: Um, but <clears throat> talk about pro hockey now and that transition from college to pro i mean um you know spent some time in the american league and spent some time in the echl so um kind of talk about how how different that is um you know there's gonna be a lot of college guys entering pro hockey and um, just talk about the kind of that transition and for the guys you know just kind of what to be prepared for um and yeah just generally your experience too
2: yeah um the ECHL and AHL are, like, two different – they're two different things, man. Like, if you're a college player coming into the coast, it's not – it's not that scary. Like, you can be a good player in the league. And, like, the locker room is, like, so welcoming. And there's not a lot of egos because, like, you're in the East Coast League. And it's its not as serious as, like, the AHL. Like, when you're in the AHL, and especially for, like, a player like me and Flo – we're like on the bottom of the totem pole there. Like it is like every single day you're walking on eggshells. You're trying to like be polite, but at the same time, you're trying to like show that you have an edge and you always like take every practice. Like it's just totally different worlds, man. And like going into the AHL from college, like it's no joke. Like everybody's a legitimate NHL prospect. And I would like, everybody's good enough to play in the NHL. So if you have like a bad week or bad two weeks, like, you could be in the coast, like it's. You're just always on edge in the A. Then, like I didn't have any problems in the coast. Come out of college, to be honest.
1: Can you uh touch on just kind of the mental aspect and approach to it? Just because, um, you know, for some guys, um, you know, they've kind of been the big dog at every team they played for, and then they start, let's just say, bouncing up and down, and they kind of start to get overwhelmed um mm-hmm. so maybe just some maybe some, um just some advice on you know different ways to stay busy because you do have a lot of downtime and you know that's yeah. where you can fall into a trap so like maybe just kind of touch on because like uh you've been up and down before with you know rochester and Laval. so like you can relate to that more but maybe just touch on you know, staying busy or just, like, your mental approach now that you've learned to stay positive or just
2: things like that? Yeah, um, for sure. I would say the first thing is it's not college anymore. It's, like, you're not, you know, getting after it every weekend. And, you know, it's it's your job. And I feel like in pro, you got to – your goal has to be, like, to make the NHL. Like, that's why we're playing pro. So, like, you can never – you know, take that for granted and you got to just surround yourself with good people or have like someone you look up to and kind of take habits they have and apply them to yourself. But I would say like at the rink, just surround yourself with good people and, you know, give everything you have, like it's your dream to make the NHL. So it's worth a shot. And then like away from the rink, um, you gotta, I mean, a lot of guys in pro hockey play video games. Um, I, I, I did that for a little bit, and then, like, these past year and a half, like, I kind of was, like, thinking, like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I can't just play playing video games. So, like, I, I started reading books. I started, like, taking cooking a little more seriously. I started um, just hanging out with the guys more. I feel like in pro, like, you can be so isolated and just go back to your apartment and you don't see anybody for the rest of the day. Um, and I'm a person that hates being alone to begin with, so I, I try to just go to my buddies' apartments and just hang out with them.
0: Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely a lot of downtime and yeah, I'm I'm with you on the uh, needing to be around people and not liking to be alone. So yeah, uh, that's definitely a transition. Um, So in in your opinion, just in general, uh, in regards to athletes and mental health, what more do you think um, could be done or or needs to be done? Um, I feel like there's a lot of positive strides being made, but I feel like there's also, you know, a ways to go. In your opinion, what do you think more could be done?
2: Well, I think um, like the sports psychologist would definitely help. I I didn't take advantage of it at school, but it's it's definitely a good tool, man. It's not even about hockey sometimes, like like you said with your guy at Maine, like it could be about life, and that's definitely a good tool that I think most colleges, I feel like they could afford to do that. And then like the NHL level, like you start seeing it more with like Robin Leonard and my buddy Tyler Mott from the uh, Canucks. He came out with a little video about depression anxiety i honestly feel like the trend is going upwards where it's people like people don't really look down on it as much as i feel like in the past like i feel like i don't really know what else you can do it it all comes down to the person and the person admitting they have a problem for one and then two like taking action to do something about it so like i don't know what else you can do to kind of convince someone to come out and say because I feel like it's like a known thing now, like, you can do it. Like, you can come out and say it. Yeah,
1: it's great. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, Yeah, Flo, I mean, you got anything else? Oh, man, that pretty much uh, kind of covers it. Like, I think uh, you kind of taking a stand against it and, um, you know, that line uh it's kinda gonna stick with me and hit me pretty hard that you know you're not gonna let it control you and whatnot and um you know I just I think it's great and you know hearing yeah. other people's stories and um whatnot. It's just uh you learn something every day and you know it's eye opening and um it's just good that we can all stick together and help each other. And uh, it's pretty much the angle is to just stand yeah. by one another.
2: And I will say, this is like another thing is there is so much information out there on the internet. We're like, the more you know about, like, for me, it was more anxiety than depression. Um, but there's like so much information on it. The more you know about it, the better you understand it. And the, you just respond better once you understand something from every single angle. And what I did um, that definitely helped like, a ton is just, like, watch watch YouTube videos of, like, Tony Robbins or Joe Dispenza. Um, like, like these guys are, like, smart people that have, like, they're national speakers across the world. Like, they've affected millions and millions of lives. So, like, give those guys a listen on YouTube, man. It helps a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. But, um, no, man, that's awesome. I, I appreciate, um, you know, you coming on here and being vulnerable. And also the thing you said about, you know, not, not using drugs or alcohol, you know, as, as a coping mechanism, that's, that's yeah. an unbelievable, man. Like that's, that's awesome. Me, the strength to not go down that path. And, um, you know, you don't have to go down that path. You clearly, yeah. And you you can be strong enough to do it. It's, to willpower. So, um, man, that's fucking awesome. You didn't, you didn't, you know, take that road. And, um, yeah. And thank you again for coming on here and opening up and being vulnerable to, to speak about these things. I know sometimes it, it's not always easy. And, um, you know, again, like we said, the goal here is to have other people feel comfortable um, and know that they're not alone. So I think you'll be impacting a lot of people that you don't even know just by telling yeah. your story. So thank you so much for doing that. Really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man. Keep, you know, keep this podcast going. It's, uh, I'm sure it will help some people and thanks for having me guys. Yeah, of course. Thanks again, bud. Thank you. All right. Peace out, boys.